Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's um, Marsha Cook, and we have a great show today. I have a returning guest, which is Randall Dark, who's uh, he's always uh, a great guest to have on because he has so many different ideas, and he's always doing something new. And actually, today we're going to talk about a children's app he has, Tale of Sasquatch, and that will uh, we'll talk about that and actually many other things. But uh, I wanted to just say happy holidays to everybody. Um, I probably wasn't supposed to be on these next two weeks, but I probably will be on, as you know, because you're hearing me now, and I said last week was the end. But uh, this is going to be a very interesting show, and I wanted to have Randall on because there's so much to talk about. And um, I think I'm uh, next week, I don't know, Virginia may be having a show, but uh, she had to cancel the show. The guest had to cancel yesterday. And uh, I think that's it. So I'm... Um, Right now, I'm going to bring out Randall because we have so much to talk about. I called him before and said, "What should we talk about?" So we have so many things to talk about that I, uh, I'm sure an hour won't be enough. So I'm sure he'll be returning. Hi, Randall. How are you? Hi, and thank you again for having me on your show. I, I love being here. Oh, and I love having you. Okay, tell everybody just some of the things that you do. Um, so I'm going to open up the chat room in case anybody would like to chat, but. Tell everybody okay, what the, you do, because the, there's so many things you do. Well, the broad strokes is I, I started my career as a writer, director, producer in theater, because I wanted to eventually get into movies, but I love the theater. And my, I have an honors BA out of the University of Ottawa, and thank you, James Dugan and Dr. James Flaherty, who were my uh, professors back then. Um, they they let me do what I wanted to do. I, I, I got to write original scripts and produce them and direct them and, uh, you know, got a lot of training at a very young age because up in Canada, um, you know, it, it, there's not, it's weird. I've been in the States for about 30 years, but in Canada, it's, there's not a lot of competition. So um, it was easy for me to be able to break out uh, in the Canadian market and do a lot of different things. I, I, as, because this is about writing, I've I've written um, about 14 plays, and almost every one got produced. And, and most of the time, I produced them and directed them myself because uh, I was in this the position to be able to do that. So um, my my career was uh, directing theater, and then 
one day someone called me up, a friend of mine, Ian Crowley, and he said, have you heard about HDTV, high definition? And this was, gosh, this was in the early 80s or mid-80s, and no one had heard of HDTV. And, and so I flew to Toronto, I walked in, and I saw a high definition monitor. And, that, and I think the monitor at that time cost something like $30,000. It was insane because the, the wow. equipment back yeah. then was so expensive. And I was fortunate enough to convince these people to let me work on a miniseries uh, that was shot in high definition uh, in Canada um, over two years. And then after that, I opened my own high definition company. And I, I was fortunate enough to do documentaries and feature films and um, just all these different programs, demo programs around the world. I, I, I had a client call me up and go, Randall, would you like to direct documentaries about your 10 favorite cities in Europe? And I went, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> never say no, so I, no matter never what. Never say no. So, you know, I, I've been blessed to be able to do a lot of really fun and amazing things. Um, in my career uh, as a writer, director, producer, um, in theater, and uh, in in uh, making movies and television and documentaries. And you keep going on. See, that's the thing. You know, one of the reasons which we have talked about before is, you know, to keep going. You know, it is, you know, it's the kind of market where you sometimes do one thing and then one thing leads to the next. So I think sometimes people just think they can stay in one type of market, but it keeps changing so fast. And probably as we're speaking now, something new is happening. But, you know, that is what happens. So you can't give up, but still a good story matters. And that's what you and I were talking about before. So I do want to talk about one, you know, the movie that's on. It'll, I mean, it's been on. It was on the other day. And um, the Christmas movies from Hallmark, as you know, and you did. How, how many years ago uh, did you do? Well, see, I've been. I, think, well, I don't know if it's three years. Is it two or three? Well, actually, it's probably when we shot. It's probably closer to four years. Uh, yeah. Uh, a, a very good friend and a very talented man, Fred Fred Miller, uh, and I. We we worked together on the Baylor project, uh, and he called me up and said he wanted to make this movie. Angels sing, and and when I when I work with them and help them, and and it it takes it took us I think five years to raise the money, and uh, it's and it's Willie Nelson plays Santa Claus for goodness sake, how how cool is that? And Harry Connick Jr. and and Lyle Lovett, Lyle Lovett, he's the real deal. He's a sweetheart. Um, and, and Connie Britton, we had an amazing cast of of singers and 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 actors. And you know we got to make this wonderful, wonderful movie, and and I think I think it airs in the next couple of days on Hallmark, and it airs a few more times between now and Christmas. But yeah, they it, have them on twenty four hours a day. It's twenty four hours yeah. a day now. They do. They actually do have them on twenty four hours a day, except for the family show that in the middle of the day they have that for a couple hours. But they keep playing. And you know I I read all the things on Facebook. A lot of people say, oh, we're crying because they're so mad, and they're all heartwarming i mean they are but yours yeah. like i said to you before the one specific thing i do like about yours is the cast was so terrific and it's not a cast you see all the time and those of no. you that are listening that watch the movies even though we love the the people the movies they're the same actors a lot of times so yeah. i think that because yours are different you know I, that was even before i knew you you know and it was just such a great cast and you know it, yeah. they were not the usual hallmark people and the movie will always stand. All of those movies just have that message that doesn't matter if it's 10 years, 15 years, it'll just be there. 
We call that evergreen. You know, the the thing is, yeah. one thing that that is important to Fred Miller and myself, and and Fred was the the producer. He actually made it happen. Fred and I, you know, we've worked before, and we look for projects that will stand the test of time. You know, Fred and I are looking at another one that he wants me direct to, to direct, actually called Afterlap. And and you know, you look for projects that that you want to tell. It, it's my my documentary Macario is a rising tide. It's it's a it's an important documentary because it teaches people how, you know why you should educate children. It's important to feed children in the Dominican Republic and Kristen Cox was the producer of that one. And though I direct it and I get a lot of credit for a lot of things I do, trust me, it's it's people like Fred Miller and Kristen Cox that, that really make these things happen. Now, Tell a Sasquatch, the the play that, you know, we're gonna talk about uh, a bit later, that that one I I wrote and and directed and produced myself. That one, I'll, I'll be happy to take the credit on that one. But but all the <laughs> <Okay>. other ones, <laughs> trust me, it's, okay. it takes a village. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. You know, and that is true. You know, and the one thing that I, you know, like even when I go to the, I like to still go to the big screen. I love to see it. I I really wish sometimes that they would put all the credits on at the beginning because at the end of the sh- at the end of the movie people are leaving and they don't all yeah. these people that have worked on you know and the music and every the sound and everything that has gone into it and nobody sees who they are because people are yeah. walking out you know and yeah. i'm always sitting there my husband goes out and i'm sitting there and i like to see everybody that's in it, you know, and I Good wish they you. used to put it at the beginning, though, but they used to put them, and sometimes they do, but not as often as I'd like to see them at the beginning. Hallmark movies, though, they actually do put those at the beginning, so you know who the producer, the director. I think after all the work people do, it's nice to have their name out there, you know, so you know who it is. Yeah, and, and uh, trust me, uh, the the directors get a lot of credit, and rightly should, and the producers and the money people, but at the end of the day, it, if you don't have really good production assistants, uh, yeah. we call them PAs or uh, audio people, every member of the crew is unbelievably important and should be yeah. appreciated just as much as everyone else. So yeah, I, and I, think I, I hear so, you. Yeah, yeah. That's a, so I hope they someday make that change. But I do know, you know, because sometimes, you know, because when I was an agent uh, with Marcus Bryan, we, you know, now I'm seeing people like that are having movies on Hallmark that I knew when they were just starting out, you know, and I'm going like, oh, yeah, I know who they were, you know, and they have movies. So it's exciting, you know, and to see that they've stayed in this game because it is like a game. Yeah. It's very hard to stay in, though. And, you know, as we've talked about it before, you know, you have to really love this, though. I mean, because there, there's a lot yeah. of things, you know, that it's not a negative business, but it's just you have to be – there in case it's not really I don't ever look at it that much as rejection anymore I it's, if somebody doesn't take something it just might might not be for them doesn't mean that yeah. it's not good well yeah. it, it's interesting you say that the, the hardest the hardest position out of all the positions as far as I'm concerned is actors and actresses because if and, I, and when I was casting my plays you know I would see you know, literally hundreds of actors and actresses if I was doing, let's say, one of the big musicals that I, that I produced and directed and wrote. And I would have people in, and, and they get that one shot to come and meet the director. I know. Show how, how talented they are, and then, 
you know, half the time, not or ninety percent of the time, they get said no to. So it was really important, really important when I worked with actors who were auditioning for me. Even if I weren't going to use them, I always wanted to take them aside and give them positive feedback. Yeah. Tell them how much yeah. I appreciated them because, you know, how many other jobs do you get ninety nine percent of the time? No, 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 go away. You're not tall enough. Yeah, you're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. I know. And, and, I know. And, and at times it's so arbitrary. You know, now don't get me wrong. There are some, well, some well, look, brilliant look, look, actors we, we out there. Men, but, right, but we had mentioned this before. We were talking together about hairspray. Okay, hairspray yeah. was on. Okay, and no matter what year that plays in, it's still fun. And it's it, and not everybody in there is perfect. And the lead is you know is not the typical model. And everybody, it's like you're cheering because it's so good to see people get somewhere when, it, you know, you might be a little out of the ordinary, which is what your app is, you know, when you're not yeah. the same as everybody else. And so many kids aren't the same as everybody else. So that's okay, though. Everybody has something that they're good at, you know. And that's what your app is about. Yeah, and that's a really, really good point. I think that a lot of times we we look at, um, oh, he's so good looking and she's good looking, yeah. and, and it revolves around that. Um, and, and that's why my, my, my new play slash app slash movie is it's exactly about that. It's called Easter Frog, Brains Behind the Bunny. And the idea behind that is, you know, how many kids, when they're young, they feel they're awkward or they're ugly or they, yeah, they're misfits. Yeah. So yeah. so my play that I'm, I'm working on, and it'll be, a, again, eventually, hopefully, an animated app, is these frogs, basically everyone hates them because they're frogs. So to get yeah. accepted, and they want to give out Easter eggs. So to get accepted, they, they sew bunny outfits, and they crawl into bunny outfits because bunny <laughs> hops yeah, and yeah. frogs hop. And say, so they, they have to wear this, this outside clothing, this bunny outfit, so they can deliver Easter eggs. And, and yeah. I look at how many children feel they're outcasts and they don't fit in and they have to do stuff to fit in. Yeah. And, and what frightens me is sometimes to fit in, they do stuff they shouldn't be, do, that's shouldn't right. be doing. That's exactly and so right. What and that's I, true. I think, and so I think we need to educate parents to look for that and how, how, do we, how do we help them? You know, almost everything I've written and directed and produced has been some sort of social reform. You know, yeah. I, I, there's a play I wrote called Reentry. It was funded by the Alberta Alcoholism and Drug Abuse Commission. And, 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 and I did a workshop. And this one's really weird. So I got funding from the government to write about children that are in families that have alcoholic parents. And then I started working it, and then before I finished writing it, I did workshops with the audience, and I would talk to the audience and go, what do you want to see? What changes do you think? How do you think she would react? And so the audience actually helped me write the final script before it was performed. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was wacky. Because, you you know, I mean, it is good to hear from, you know, what others are thinking, you know, because you're thinking one way, but it does help. I mean, you know, even what I it, what I had said, and I do say a lot of the shows when we have the shows, what when people are listening to a writer, you know, talk, it they can use the information no matter what they write because it's all it's. It's got a lot to do with what you're doing. It's believing in yourself and just getting that project out and making it the best it can be. And, you know, and even if you're different, like you were saying it before, I mean, not everybody thinks alike, thank goodness. I mean, you know, and 
it's better that we all have different thought processes. And sometimes when you hear it, like on the radio, where you go like, oh, you know, maybe I should do that, or maybe I'm not doing this, you know, uh, a certain way. Maybe I'll try something new, you know. And all of these things relate. Everything we're probably going to talk about today relates. It's just keep doing something that's important to you, you know, yes. whether it be Absolutely. educating people on uh, alcoholism because, you know, it, it matters, because you just yes. hear that yes. one thing sometimes. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, you know, the, uh, early in my career when I was looking at, you know, what I wanted to write about, no matter what it was, I wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, people could relate to it and they walked away yeah. with something yeah. and, and it got them thinking hopefully a little bit differently or made them a little bit more compassionate to other people because – it's it's not easy out there. Day to day, no, everyone tough. has struggles and everyone has oh, yeah. demons, and 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 we, you know, there's and it's not getting any easier. It's going to get harder, no. in fact. Yeah, it is hard, and you know it is. And you know, like even when I wrote my children's books, um, I when I wrote them, I I didn't really write them with a message but then when people started reading them you know and my uh sometimes i wish i was a brownie it's about self-esteem and i didn't actually i just wrote the story and i wrote it a long time ago then i did it as a book and it was like i didn't realize that the message was there until people started saying that because sometimes you just want to write a good story and if somebody i i wasn't a message but it is a message actually that i didn't even realize when i was writing it i was writing it for that i just was writing it uh, you know about someone that doesn't you know wants to be somebody else rather than himself and that yeah. is what happens a lot like you're saying with the bunny and you know with things you know that's what happens sometimes you see a model or you see somebody say oh i wish i looked like that but you know my grandmother told me something years ago just you don't when you look at someone you don't know really what is what they have, you know, if yeah. it's good or bad. So if you're, that's kind of taught me not to be jealous of anybody because what, what if their life really, there's something that they had that I don't want to have. Like, you know, it's, well, I actually talked about this the other day about superstition. And, you know, to me, you just be happy for what you have, not for looking at someone else. And kids have, yeah. you know, for kids it's hard for them to not want other things than who they are because when they actually look at themselves in the mirror, they may not be happy. And yeah. that's kind yeah. of sad. It's very sad, actually. But, yeah, it is very sad. And, and how do you reach them? And and things have changed dramatically in my lifetime and your lifetime. When when I When I first wanted to you know, touch children, uh, you know, in the, in the brain and in the heart, I was going, well, what's the best way to do that? And theater, writing, directing, producing theater was something that I think I could do. And so, you know, one of the first things I did was I, I created um, what, what we called theater in the park. So it was environmental theater. So my actors and myself, we would go to a park and there would be parents with kids and we would do plays in the environment of of the the actual um, park, so that you know if it was a you know I don't want to get into the details of the particular plays because that'll be boring to people. But basically, what we do don't well, worry. well, well, what, what a perfect example. So let's say we get all the kids together with their parents that just they're in the park, and we're going to go, we're going to do a play, and the parents would go, well, how cool is this? We appear yeah. out of nowhere. In yeah. costume, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and and, and then we we put up a you know a rope and a and a and a um, blanket so we could the actors could run behind it and you know to change. But how 
I was doing in cutting edge environmental theater at the time. So yeah. my host, my my host actor would come out and look to the kids and go, "Where it's a dark and stormy night and we're in the forest. <laughs> do, do you want to see the wicked sorcerer or the wicked witch?" <laughs> So and and the kids got to vote, going they want to see the wicked witch. So my actors would be behind instead of the sorcerer comes out, who is the guy, the wicked witch would come out. So the wicked witch would come out and go ah, and she'd do her lines, and she goes, and then all of a sudden the big hairy Sasquatch monster or the Loch Ness monster came, and the kids got to decide what characters they would meet during the play what path the play would take and what happened at the end of the play and by the actors giving the kids the ability to, to vote and to shout out what they wanted to see. It was my first attempt at doing what I, what I called environmental children's theater where the children got to participate in deciding the course of the play. And it was a very I think kids would love that. Then. I think kids would love oh, that. They you crazy. Know. Yeah, I wonder why it. libraries didn't. I think libraries used to do that, but, you know, that's when they had a full staff. You know, um, I'd mentioned this other times before. You know, libraries could be doing these things, you know, because kids like to do plays. They like to meet people that write. They, yeah. they do, and, and that is really the problem that, you know, they don't have a lot of authors or playwrights at libraries anymore, and, you and, know, and, and it, they – it's interesting you said that because my plays did perform at some libraries and in parks. And the other thing that I thought was really, really important, at the end of the play, the actors would come out and sit, and sit down on the floor with the kids, and then the kids got to do a question and answer, they period. They with, loved it, with the sure. actors, they yep. loved that because because yep. they came they came out of characters and the kids always because you don't know what the kids are thinking and what they want to know and by sitting there and just going okay who has a question and the kids the the Q and A sometimes lasts longer than the plays because my actors. Oh, yeah. You know, the the thing with my actors were going, guys, you stay there as long as the kids are asking questions. You don't leave one kid, you know, that little shy right. little kid they, in the they corner. They like to know. Well, and, and the other thing, too, you want to give them all a chance because some yeah. kids, you know, the, the bold kids I have 15 questions. Yeah, but that one question by that, that awkward little girl in the back of the room who just barely puts her hand up and you can barely hear her voice, she, right. her question yeah. is probably the most important question of the day and we need to answer it. We need to make her feel as important as yeah. the, the bully in the front of the room. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of times kids, right, they do sit in the back, you know. Yeah. I was at a seminar and I wanted to like sit in the back. I, I remember this was a few weeks ago, and they go, oh, "You got to sit in the front." I'm going, "Okay, fine, I'll sit in the front," yeah. you know, because you just want to kind of like sit in the back and listen, you know, whatever. And if you have something, you know, and then sometimes when they go no questions, people like I was at the seminar. It was they were talking about Amazon, and um. It was not Amazon, but it was people that do very well selling on Amazon, and they had a a large crowd was there, and they wouldn't let anybody, the guy would not let anybody ask a question. He goes like, listen, you're here to hear what I have to say, so I have a half hour or an hour, whatever, it was actually it was an hour and a half. He goes, so... You have to. We're not going to have any questions, and you can feel the room. Wow. You know that it, you could feel that they were so disappointed because, you know, he had his agenda. I get that, but they wanted. You, I was like, I'm always looking around to see whatever he's doing, you know, and I could see yeah. they were so 
upset that they couldn't ask a question, but they yeah, there was no choice, you know, and so they had to sit there. And anytime somebody, they, even though the guy said no questions, people were still raising their hand, and he would not take any questions. Yeah, but, you know, and that I, was kind of sad. Yeah, and I, I'm just opposite. In the early years of high definition, I was asked to speak all over the place. You know, and, and I'd go to seminars and film festivals and, and I'd sit on the stage. And at the end of my presentation, I would go, are there any questions? And I firmly believe that if, I, if they asked me a question and I told them everything I know, and then tomorrow they opened their own high-definition production company and went after my clients, I don't care. Because we're here to share information. We're here yeah. to help people. And, right. and, and at the end of the day, shame on you. If you don't have that philosophy, if you're not here to help other people, even though it may at, at times take money out of your pocket, so what? We're here to help each other, share information. Well, as we say that right now, they, there's people on the line here. I don't know their, if they want to ask a question. <laughs> so I'm going, especially because we're talking, I'm not going to let them sit. I, I'm, if, is it okay to see if they have a question for you? Yes, please. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, all right, let's see. It, hi, did, hi, it's Marcia. If you have a question, if not, you don't have to say anything. So just if you don't say anything, I'll know you have nothing. You know, you just want to be on the line. Hi, Marcia. It's Linda. Hi. Oh, hello. Oh, I, I was saying <laughs> things are reversed. Okay, there you go. <laughs> How are I you? Just had to call, I'm doing Talk great. Talk to Randall. I to call, yeah, I had to call and say hi to Randall, one of my favorite people. That's how I met him on from your show. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hey, Randall. How's it going? Great to hear your voice. How you been? Oh, doing great. Doing great. Just enjoying the time. Fantastic. I, that's you have what any I said. Questions? I call. I, that's what I said because I, I want to know if she had a if she had a show last week and then she did. I'm looking all over for the show. I'm looking. Thinking, Where is it? Where's the link to the show? Okay. So, all right. Do you have any questions for Randall at all? Because you're good at questions. I know that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I'm okay. just enjoying the show. Randall's such okay, a delightful okay. person to Okay. I just want to all right, take, all right, take care. If you have any questions, just put in the chat room. Thanks. Okay. Goodbye. I'll talk okay, to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. That's cute. Okay, all right. Uh, we have another call. I don't know. If, let's see. Here we go. Hi, it's Marsha. Hi, how questions? are you doing? Yes, I had a question what? for Randall. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, Randall, do you have any kids? Me? No, I don't. Um, I work with children for most of my life, but I don't have any children myself. Do kids like to suck your cock? Well, I knew wow. that. I shouldn't. See, that's why I don't wow. do that. Okay. Well, that, that answers the that's question sad. of why I don't do this anymore. <laughs> that's, that's, that's sad. Yeah, yeah that's very yeah, that's sad. Okay. Well, you know, uh, that's a bad thing. You know, uh, can't stop that when, you have, when you're live. Okay, there we go. All right. See, that's one of the reasons. It's a very tough thing that people do that. I, as soon as, that's why I had my hand ready to go because I figured he, right. I, it's not anybody, I don't know the number. I don't know how they get, you know, they have a 111 number, but I know a lot of people that do that. They come on the show that way. All right. I'm not, he's coming on again, but I mean, he won't be on the show. <laughs> okay. He's going to go. All right. Isn't, this is very sad. Okay. All right. Well, I do have somebody that might, that does want to talk. Okay. 
Joanne, do you have a question? Hi, Jamal. I do, question. I do. A normal um, question? Was, okay. Uh, hi, Randall. It's me, Joanna. How are you? Hi. I am good. How are you? Good. Um, I have been substitute teaching in private schools, and I am, um, I've, I've discussed this with Marsha, I am in shock at that a lot of English teachers are not um, letting, or I don't know what's in their core curriculum, but the children are not reading classics. They're reading the dystopian stories like Divergent and Hunger Games. And they're really being deprived of classic, wonderful stories. And it's very sad. I was trying to introduce them to books that we all know and um and it's just criminal when i was and and when i came in and i was subbing this the teacher had left lesson plans of children watching um movies but asking them how many camera angles they could count which had nothing to do and so there were no compositions nothing and so right. I tried to engage them about character development and what did they see in the characters. And it was like a foreign language. I asked them what characteristics certain characters had or what even just their classmates. And they didn't know what they meant. And this, these are 13-year-olds. So I had to teach them to, you know, people's height and the color of their skin and do they have freckles and do they slouch. And only then were they beginning to grasp on. Um, so I am very um, not discouraged. I am just um, appalled of what yeah. they're not learning. And um, yeah, I just I'm want to know yeah, if you've encountered any of that. Yeah, I have, and and it's it's really interesting. Technology is is a blessing and a curse. It's a yes. blessing in that at times. I feel I have access to the world immediately. I can think of something. If I wanted to read Shakespeare's The Tempest, I know right. how to get on the, the, the Internet and find it, and I can read it. That right. being said, I can also find trash and read it as well. Right. So it, it, right. and, it, and I think it's, it's incumbent of the parents to um, – Make sure that their child uh, has the opportunity to not. Uh, don't get me wrong. A lot of these contemporary stories are there. There's merit oh, yeah. to them, and there's and they're fun to read. But but yes. the, the classics are called classics for a reason. Like, right. I, <laughs> so I well, you know, I think you know, it's very interesting. You know, it, you know, uh, somebody that I know went into a bookstore and asked for one of my books, and mm-hmm. um, they wanted to buy it, and so the person that was at the uh, bookstore said oh it's you know it's an older book it was like four years old so it was like oh, shocking God. she was shocked to to the to it was a poetry book and she was shocked that they said that because what what's four years but see i think what's happened is a lot of people they want just not whatever right now but that's right that, that's, that's right. so insane that four years could be old to them and, yeah. you know, because all of the, especially with children's literature, I mean, look at The Wizard of Oz. I mean, people still love it. Somebody was on Facebook yesterday and said, I have to, I won't be on Facebook today because I'm watching Wizard of Oz. And it was an adult. <laughs> they love it. You I know what I that. mean? And 
it's one of my favorites, and it doesn't matter. But I think that's what's happened. People want the uh, book right now. Well, I think Amazon, you know, hopefully they – you know, the the problem is that because Amazon has done that because of all the ratings and, you know, and, and people are looking. But most readers, they they think of it differently than like Amazon does or the bookstores do. They're just looking yeah. for a good story. They don't care who the publisher is. They, they, they just want a good story. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, I know that for Taylor Sasquatch, um, the app, the parents are going to buy it, not the kids. And that's why one of the things that was really important with me when I worked with, you know, Hal and, and the rest of the gang is going, we need to have educational elements in the app as well. So, sure, it's a, it's a cute story about the Tale of Sasquatch and, and how the Sasquatch came to be, but you click on another icon and there's a dictionary of, and kids can learn, a, you know, dictionary of theatrical terms. So it's educational. There's, there's, I think I have like 50 terms of, you know, the kids to learn what, what a set is, what uh, stage right means, uh, you know, stuff like that. And then also Rupert's Ted acting words of, of wisdom. So if a child, you know, wants to become an actor, it, it teaches different things um, of, you know, how to become an actor in a fun, silly, childlike way. So I think that when you create content nowadays, you have to what I call vertical integration of the ideas. Yes, it's a play. Yes, it's a book. Yes, it's a story. But what else is it? It's a coloring book. It's an educational book. Right. All yeah. the, and that's yeah. what I love about today's technology. I, trust me, I, I'm, a, I'm old school. I love picking up that dirty book and, and read before I go to bed, uh, you know, a paperback or, or my iPad, you know, Kindle or, or whatever. But I'm going after the young mind, and the young mind has this iPhone in their hand. How do I reach them so it's still reading a book? It's still education, but it's in a fun way. And I think as creative people, you know, and, and I'm preaching, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, we have to think of innovative ways to reach the young mind in the way they want to be reached. We can't just hand them a dirty old four, you know, four by three, you know, trees made into paper books yeah, and say, don't yeah, read yeah. that. That's yeah. that's a tough sell. But if you give you know, them my I'm iPad finding, yeah, I'm sorry. and use the iPad to read it, it's, they go, oh, it's an iPad, yay, and it's interactive, yay. So yeah. we, the creative community, have to embrace the young mind and figure out a way to reach them, not try to go, like, hey, young mind, do something that was done in the 50s really successful. Well, that's not going to happen, everybody. You know, which is audio, you know, which is one of the things that we were talking about before, and I know Joanne has one for her book also, the audio. You know, I mean, I think that people, I, I speak about it a lot because I feel that the audio version of a lot of these books is important for children if there is one because they can read it and and see it at the you know and they can hear it and right, some kids right. do not some kids can I myself am one if once I hear something I remember it much better than when I read it yeah so I think this is an important thing yes and 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 an app also for an app though they that they can remember that app it's not just like reading. Something it's it, they can play with it, you know. These are the newer things that the parents. It, it is up to the parents. And yeah. uh, Randall and I were talking about that of which ways, you know, like what you have to do is try to get it in front of parents, and that is difficult. Well, and, and the other thing, and you and I talked about this briefly. It's called neuro linguistics programming. 
So basically what it is, is is we all see the world, hear the world, or touch the world differently. So I'm a very visual guy. So to get to me, I need to see a visual because me that's too. how I relate to the world. Some people yeah. are audio. They don't like reading books. They, they like TV, but they love listening to music, and they love listening to a book on their headset from their iPad. Other people are very tactile. So you know, they, their world has to be like a touch-and-feely type of thing. So what's, what I love about technology, we have the ability to create all the above as yes. a market because it yes. can't it can't just be one or the other nowadays. It can't be a paperback book because people don't you know, read paperback books. So and, you know, and, and I, that's why I, I love my app. The app reaches that marketplace in a very unique way. Um, you know, it's very interesting because I'm going I'm in a quandary. I'm wanna write my Jacks too. My first book, as you know, is Jack Tales of Jacks at the Met Opera. And um, not that I've met resistance, but uh, my husband said to me, you know, I think your second book should be more generalized because how many kids can relate to the opera? But as you said and Marcia said, my book is really life lessons. It's about a yeah. little dog who gets lost and how he copes. And life doesn't always turn out the way you want, but um, here's what you can do to cope and adjust. So, yeah, because I don't think I mean, your book. I don't think your book, Joanne, is just about. It's not about the opera. It's about what you just said. Well, yeah, right, right. But it, it teaches the children the rudiments of performing on on stage. Well, that can, and, that's and, good to have. That's a good thing for them. I to agree. Learn. So, book number two, I'm in a quandary, and my husband said, "Oh, well, you can't." I was going to do uh, Jacks at the. Um, Museum of Metropolitan Art, or so now I'm I'm going to have him in a park, and that's kind of universal adventures in in Central Park or whatever, and um, I'm meeting being met with resistance. No, it should be more generalized. So. I have to do what's comfortable to me. You have to do right. And like Randall was saying before, you know, Randall, uh, you know, he does a lot of different mediums, but he also, you know, just doesn't give up. Randall, look, you've you've not given up on any of the projects, even if they're slow going. You're still in there pushing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things. It takes time for things to develop. Yes. Yes, and you know, and it's I, I, I to, should say, I should say before I forget, I should say that. Um, let me just see this for a second. Uh, Deadly reads. Linda said that tell Randall that he's, he's she's looking forward to having you back in February. Lisa and her love okay. having you on the show, so that's a good thing. And I'll promote it when it comes uh, when the date is because uh, they do great shows. That's how I met you, which is what I said before, you know. And so that's, you know, I mean, you know, when you're on the shows, you you make yourself available, and that's really a great guest to have on because you you really like to be on shows to discuss what you do and because you know it helps other people. Yeah, we're, and, we're, you know, shame on us if we don't help each other. I, I agree on that, you know, and that's the thing. So, all right, now the app, where can they get the apps? I want to just, so we don't leave that one out there. Now the app, I'm going to, it's on Google Play, you said. Yeah, you can just, you can type in any search engine, tell us Sasquatch, Google Play, and it will take you to the site, or um, tell us Sasquatch, Apple Store, and it will take you to the site. And it's got reviews there, and 
it you know it tells you who I am and you know it's just the other thing it just got updated so it's it's you know whatever um, next generation of of Apple interfaces it's it's current to for it so yeah that's a quick way for people to take a look at it and you have and, all and five stars you have five star you have five stars oh yeah, five star people, reviews which is good yeah people people <laughs> seem well people like you know at the end of the day you know what it it's it's educational it's fun it's silly it's it it has all sorts of different options to play with. So you've got to make something. Everyone's dollar is hard-earned dollar, and I don't take that lightly. I didn't take it lightly yeah. when I was yeah. writing theater. If someone's coming to my play, if someone's buying my app, they better go, hey, I would have paid $20 for this. It's that entertaining. So yeah. you know, you want to give people more than than what they bargain for. And so when I... When I look at someone, I am honored. If someone gives me their hard-earned dollar for something I've created, I want them to go, it was worth every penny. And, right. and nowadays, yeah. it's a crapshoot. You know, I bought yeah. things where I brought it home and I went, wow, I, that, that, was a waste of, <laughs> that was a waste of time and money. Yeah, and I, I don't want and anyone ever, yeah. ever to, to get anything I've ever done, whether it's an app or a documentary or a feature film. It's it's like at the end of the day, did you like Angel Sing? Yes or no? Oh, great. They People feel they got their money's worth. Do you like Taylor Sasquatch? Yes or no? Are you going to like After Last, you know, the, hopefully the next project I do? Yes, because... Yeah, but the thing is, though, because you write, because you write and you, and you, you know, you direct, because you do this because you have a good story to begin with. That's the thing, well, you know, and I yes. think, you know, what people do sometimes is they just are so busy pushing it out fast that they don't get that story. Well, yes, I, I agree with that. But the other thing, too, is I care. Yes, I really, really, sure. I'm not in yes. this. If I, if I was in this for the money, I would be doing other things. I really, yes. really care. <laughs> I get that. And, I get and that, I, I know. And I, and, I, and I work with people, you know, the, the Harry Connick Juniors and, and, and Lyle Lovitz, who are really caring, hardworking people yeah. that they, they care at the end of the day. So if you work with people that are like-minded and have the same sort of heart you have, um, you know, at the end of the day, the product is going to be worthwhile to visit, to spend time with. To, you know, and Taylor Sasquatch, um, I worked really, really hard with Hal and, and the team to make this app as best as we possibly could because when, you, when a parent buys it, I want them to go, oh, it has this, oh, it has this, oh, it has this. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it's, you find all these extra things. You think you're just buying one thing, but it's five things, and it occupies the child's mind in a positive way. It's a learning, and it's fun, and I it's I think when someone, you know, when a, child, when a child comes up to you or when a child has liked something you've done, uh, you know, like I, I think to me there is nothing more rewarding is when they, they, they like the character, they laugh at it, they're enjoying it. This is what we are doing this for because we love it but when the, somebody really tells us that i think and that's why i mentioned the fact that if these schools and the libraries you know and they i i've said this a lot like a, it's like a you know i've said it too many times but like scholastic you know they they come to the schools and they have their books and they yeah. unload the books 
but the, there's no author there a lot of times, and these kids just get it out of a box. And yeah. when an author is there, they get so much more, and the schools have devoted a lot of their time to having just people from Scholastic because I've been there, done that, when they've, like, put me off to the side. And the kids, they really love talking to authors, and it's yeah, a really rewarding experience. And that's what I think needs to change more is that some of, you know, like what you said you did in the past, you know, the plays, you know, I mean, kids love these things. And that's yeah, what the, and, they and, forget. That's what the and, they, and that's what people forget. Yeah, and and it's hard to reach the the actual kid. Normally, you have to go through the parent. But um, you know, one of the things is and I've done this my entire career. Any film festival, any school, I'll come and speak and do you know demonstrations. It's 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 uh, you know one of my favorite is I, I go to the Jackson Hole Wildlife Film Festival as often as I can. You know the people there are really really good people. And I think it's important what they do. And, and one of the things I think is imperative is start introducing to at festivals like this next-gen technology because at the end of the day, children need to understand how to behave with wildlife because the wildlife community is getting smaller and smaller and they're all yeah. threatened. And, yeah. and, you know, one of the reasons I'm writing, you know, Easter Frog, the Brains Behind the Bunny is that's geared for the wildlife film community and, and, and the children of that film community that are all in that world, that are aware of that world, you know, to find stuff that a young child can embrace. That, is it growing more? Is it growing, I hope? Is it growing where people are more concerned now? Ah, you know, I'm not qualified. I'd love to be yeah. say yes, but yeah. I I don't have those numbers. Yeah, I I'm just wondering, you know, I'm just, better, I'm, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm just, you know, because I'm just wondering, you know, because you know, that's one of the things Virginia and I, you know, are beginning to do again, you know, with the children's books and awareness, because, you know, uh, these are shows that we've decided to have again, you know, and talking about children's. Um, you know, children's entertainment, children's, you know, learning skills, those are the things that, you know, we used to do. But then, you know, a lot of the authors, unfortunately, that we had on that had some very good ideas, they're not doing this anymore. They gave up because yeah. they, their audience was getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, and this is an audience that we should not stop doing for because that's the future world is the younger people. And that's what yeah. we need to concentrate on. And that's one of the things that isn't being concentrated on as much. I don't feel, you know, yeah. I mean, I agree on radio shows and things like that. That's why that's what, that's how Virginia and I started out. We did a lot of that. And Virginia had her magazine and, you know, as the authors start, you know, they stopped, and they dropped out because I think if you're writing, like you said before, and want to make a ton of money in the children's market, it does, it's not happening. It doesn't. No. But it may, you know, it might, some, somebody gets lucky, you know, and, but everybody's not J.K. Rowling. You know, I mean, that's just no. how it is. You know, and no, if but, you, but you do are it, satisfied. You do it for the right reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and she never would have thought that her books would have become that way. Nobody ever thinks that. That's why sometimes when they reject somebody, they're not thinking, they're saying, oh, we'd like something like, but they don't really know. It could be something that takes off. None of us know that. We have no idea which is going to be the next phenomenon. None of us. We, that would be great if we knew, but we don't. That's why we can't stop because then yeah. there will be nothing left. And, you know, yeah. the fact that you're doing plays – 
you know, and I think in the apps, you know, this is the next generation. And so it should be, we should be helping them. And like with the dictionary, those are all ways that work out great. Yeah, and, and for kids. Any, young, any young author uh, or playwright should, should take a look at app technology and, and, and take a look at, like, I've, I, this is my attempt. I'm sure there are writers in, uh, out there that are going to do way better than me, but I've, ma- I've learned, I've made mistakes, and it's, it's a good little app. So take a look at it and look yeah. at, as I said before, you need to create vertical marketing opportunities. Plays, it's very tough to get children's plays or adult plays done. And it's, again, it's a very, um, what I call a, a select environment. You can, you know, when you do a play for two months at a children's theater and the theater holds 150 kids, do the math. But an app with marketing and what's brilliant today is, is yeah. you don't have to hire a gigantic marketing company to get the word out. You know, I, I'm a big advocate of one degree of separation. And what I, what I mean by that is, <laughs> is yes. you know, I, I'm, I have like, you know, thousands of people on my Facebook. I have uh, uh, my LinkedIn is, has got, you know, thousands. My Twitter account, you know, has I think I've got like 550. So I've developed all my social networking platforms so that I can, when I say, hey, parents, and I put it out on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram or uh, any of states, any of the, the social networking platforms to parents, they go, hey, here's this new app. It yeah. doesn't cost a lot of money. It's educational. So I'm helping market my own stuff through modern technology. So you've got to embrace it. You can't be afraid of it. Right, I think that's a good way to do it, and I do think so. But, you know, and it's very interesting because, you know, there's a lot of people out there to do marketing, to do banners, to tweet, to whatever, but they don't do it as much for children. It's done much more for the general fiction books or the horror books or the erotica. And when I've said to people, I said, would you want to take me on and do the children's, they don't really have that audience. And and like Virginia, who used to have a lot of bloggers out there, the bloggers now for children are not as much. And so I'm hoping to bring back some of that a little more because I know even when I started out six years ago, all of these children's writers we all shared. So what I'm saying to people when they're listening is if – if you can share it, this would be so beneficial yeah. to the not just like it. If you share it, yeah. because then you well, give it to another audience, like you're saying, one de- you know degrees absolutely. of separation, and yeah. that's what they well, need it, to do. Exactly, and you know, Angel Sing Facebook. We have almost fifty-four thousand likes on Angel Sing Facebook alone. Uh, my movie Closing Escrow. We have a trailer. The trailer has had 36,000 views. So when I look at all the different accounts that I've created, my Google Plus account, I've had 65,000 views on my Google Plus account. So I look at all these different social networking right. platforms, right. and I'm going, you know, I don't want, I don't want, I, it's not like an ad. I don't want people to get irritated by all Randall's right, trying right, to shove exactly. some, something yeah, down yeah. my throat. Yeah. It's, I'm not selling sneakers. I'm saying he, Angel Sing is a really good Christmas movie that is, can be watched by everybody. Tell us Sasquatch, the app, is, is fun and silly, and it's education. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's all uplifting, positive stuff. See, these I'm are the things trashing. that we need to do. 
Yep. Yeah, because I'm tired of seeing people trashing politicians. I'm tired oh of seeing God. people, you know, <laughs> doing horrible, horrible things. It's been a tough year for everybody, and I just want yeah. people to smile. At the end of the day, right. life is very, very stressful for a lot of people. How can we make it easier for them? And, and again, as creative people, that's, that's our job. My job is to make your child smile. That's my job. And and I and I need to do a good job of doing that. My right, job is not what, to run for what, politics. Right, and that's what really counts. So you know, for those you know that are listening, and when I'm going to put the link out more, I I really think the children's you know and Virginia you know we're going to be doing more. I said I was definitely doing more shows, you know, about children's you know issues or children. We used to do a lot of things like that and I'm probably going to again do a blog maybe for the children because you know I do think that I originally when I did this when I started doing shows I was surprised that people weren't embracing the mothers that were writing erotica or fiction or whatever because I've had lots of authors on and in really buying the children's books not only mine but others for their kids but they're not they're buying these books for themselves you know and that was surprising Excuse me, that they're not buying it for their children, which I think, you know, once you know somebody can write, then I think you would want your kids to maybe have those books. Yeah. You know, and but if they're saying they don't want them to read them on a Kindle, then why are they giving them all the the games? Then what about things that are more educational for them? Yeah. But that's what we have to work on. and we're not turning back the clock. All young children have technology in their hands, and it's just happening more and more. So as yes. parents, we need to be able to, you know, you can't protect them 24-7, but if there's something like a Telesasquatch that's out there that has, you know, it makes them they can learn. laugh they and can educational, learn. and they can learn, yeah. And they can explore. Then we should, you know. And again, I, obviously, I'm, I'm there's self-interest in me saying this, but there are other things like Telesasquatch out there, and people and parents. It's up to the parents to find it and share it with their kids. And the artwork, the artwork. You know, kids. You know, they love colors. You know, and they yeah. love. I mean, that's really important. You know, and I think that when they see a lot of illustrations and a lot of colors, they like this. So, you know, I I just think that they're making their children, you know, they don't stay small forever. Yeah, and and that's an excellent excellent point. Part of my app was we put in a competition. So in my app, if you you look at one of the, the, you know, the the pages and you drew it like old-fashioned, pen and paper or crayons on paper and submitted it, you could win. You could win. So we even had a competition to encourage yeah. kids to, That's to draw. Thing. And yeah. So if you go to the app again, you go to the, you'll see uh, um, uh, Hannah Cox won the first yeah. competition. Yeah, see, I think that the see, I think that that's what we need to do more of, you know, because I see all the time, you know, there's, you know, a lot of people, you know, Virginia and I actually we had a couple kids on, but that didn't work out because it's very tough for kids to be on a radio show. It's not, you know, yeah. uh, Virginia's had a couple of people. And some of them wrote books. They wrote books, but as guests, it was difficult for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we thought of maybe, you know, having some children read the books, but that's hard, you know, and because you, you know, for parents to want their kids to do that but when kids hear it from another kid we thought that would be a good idea so you know we worked on those things but I think now I think the world needs 
a lot of this. Our kids as well as adults have been through a lot this year, and so I think that's why I even said to you, I'm my romantic comedies, I'm writing another one, you know, uh, taking them from my screenplays, because I think people have to laugh and have a good time. And as people that write and direct and whatever, that we need to give this out. We need to do all of this. And, you know, and I think we all, as parents and as adults and teachers, librarians, you know, I was just reading something. One of the quickest ways to sell things and to learn, to get people involved is find librarians that like your things. Because yeah. they have a lot of say so. I think that's a great in the market. Idea. Yeah, and so I'm going to try that myself too because there are some library um, people on Facebook because those are the people that can help the children, librarians. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think I agree. you know, and I think so. You know, and um, I do appreciate you coming on, and you you have a lot of awareness out there for a lot of issues, and you'll be coming on again uh, soon, which will be. Um, Talking of some of the things that you want people to be aware of later, you know, in January. Or actually, it's in the beginning. Yep. You know, it's going to go so fast these two weeks, you know. But yes. I think that those are the things. And the things that you're doing, your documentaries, are important. So, you know, I mean, Thank I'm you. so happy that you are liking what you do as well as getting out there and finding new things to do. Which well, you you've do. got to stay current. You've yeah. got to stay on top yeah. of technology. Otherwise, it passes you by and, and your voice doesn't get heard. And I think there are many voices that unfortunately are afraid of technology and they don't get yeah. heard. They get silenced. They just, and again, that's, you know, I, I, I'm sincere. If anyone is listening and they need help with understanding technology, even if they're in competition with me, I don't care. I will help yeah. them. We're yeah. all here to no, help No, you do people. help. You do help, and that's a good thing. You know, and, I mean, that's why doing the shows, I, I was scheduled to have a woman on. Her name is Peggy Griswold. She will be on. She was ill, and she couldn't be on my show, but she's going to talk about post-traumatic syndrome, and which, you know, mm-hmm. is a very important issue. So those are the issues that yeah. we need to talk about So because we have a world out there of people that are not in the best of shape. So I think if there yep. if people like you are out there also discussing it and the radio shows start talking about it, I think it can make people aware of things that they haven't been aware of. Because, you know, listen, everybody's and, and busy this, working. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, we all have overcome some sort of adversity oh, yeah. to get to where we are. Very few people were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. We all yeah. have worked hard. We've all had issues, and we all can share these. You know, how, how did how did I get from being a when I was young? I stuttered and I had a speech impediment. It was tough. I was shy and it was hard. How do you get from having issues to being successful or to at least being able to do things? And and if I can well, help people, well, it is true because we know, all have things that we don't like to do. I remember when I started writing. I said, I'm just writing. I don't want to go before a camera. I don't want to talk. I just want to write. Even though I talk a lot, I you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fidelity Robin, she would say to me from my publishing company, she would say, you have to be on a radio show. I said, I don't think this is happening. I don't want to be. So it turns mm-hmm. out that I did one, and I loved it, and they wanted me to be on it. So I was on Red River, and I've done, you know, hundreds of shows, and I love it. But I never, this was not in the stars, I thought. <laughs> me, I wasn't yeah. expecting it. So you don't you know. never know. You, that's how it is. So I guess on that note, you know, I want to wish everybody happy, healthy holidays, and I uh, will be hearing from you again. And uh, you're going to also be on Deadly Reads in February. So, and thank you so much. It's always so interesting to talk to you. I appreciate it. 
Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Good night, everybody. Happy holidays, Not actually everybody. Night. This is early. It's only 4 o'clock. Usually my shows are at night sometimes, but sometimes that, with you I've been doing them during the day. Okay. So, all right. Have fun and happy holidays to all. <laughs>